the gospel this morning. Would you please stand as uh, I read uh, from the gospel according to Matthew, excuse me, according to Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Luke 5 is uh, it's one of my favorite stories in the Gospels. It is a charming adventure. It has a little bit of everything in it, doesn't it? You can just, you can see yourself right there in that story. There are two things particularly um, that struck me as I have dwelt with this passage last week, uh, this last week in preparation for this Sunday. One is um, that this story uh, would be the culmination of every fisherman's dream. That is, uh, a, a catch so large that you need a second boat. I mean, wouldn't that be the, 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 the dream of, of every fisherman? And, and you and I can get a sense of what it must have been like out in that boat. Uh, so many fish in the nets that the nets are sagging. You can almost see the, the muscles of these uh, fishermen as they are pulling these heavy nets out from the sea. You can see their uh, feet braced against the sides of the ship to get the leverage. Um, can't you see the fish flopping 
all over the deck of this boat, the deck slippery, the boat listing back and forth, the gulls screeching overhead, uh, the boat gets full, they call to the shore, bring out another boat, we need it. I mean, the incredible abundance of Jesus. When you're with Him, uh, 5,000 people are fed, uh, uh, more than enough wine uh, for a wedding party. It is, it is amazing to be with Him. I suspect He, with the fishermen, is pulling on those nets. Every fisherman's dream. But there's another side to this story, and that is that this story also contains every fisherman's nightmare. At the moment, at the moment of delirious joy comes the horrifying realization that their boats cannot hold one more minnow. It is every fisherman's nightmare that in the exuberance of this unbelievable catch, nobody noticed that the boats are sinking lower and lower and lower. Now, all of a sudden, the boats are perilously low. The lake is right up at the edge. Um, the unthinkable is right there that they will lose their nets, their tackle, their catch, both of their boats plunging to the bottom of the depths and all of their capital. These are commercial fishermen. They're not just out there for the joy of it. They will have lost everything because because they ignored the most basic rule of fishing. Don't overload your boat. I love this story. It has got in it every fisherman's dream and every fisherman's nightmare right at the same time. We preachers are, I think, guilty oftentimes of making faith all too easy. We want to talk all about the, the marvelous catch. We, we preachers sometimes, I think we overpromise. It's all fulfillment. There's, there's no risk in, in the gospel, we like to say. Just, just come to church and give your life to Jesus and, and it solves everything. In reality, if you look at this story, to follow Jesus is both exciting and frightening. There are both heights and depths in this story. Cast your net into the deep, boys. Get out there in the deep water. Have you been watching the Olympics? Bonnie and I watched the snowboarders last night. Oh my gosh, talk about frightening. Um, they, they, they 
plunge down these icy slopes. They go up these icy slopes. They do two and a half and three flips. And more often than not, they landed um, on their backside and go sliding unceremoniously down this hill. These are the best athletes in the world. They can't even handle it themselves. And they put themselves up there where their body's just twisting and turning every, every which direction, and they try to land on their feet and keep on going. Cast your nets out into the deep. When I was a kid growing up in central Indiana, there were two ways you could swim in the summer. Nobody had backyard pools back then. Most of the time, we went to the city pool. Uh, there was a, a shallow end, and it was uh, from three to five feet. It gradually went down to where you had this rope with the little buoys that separated the shallow end from the deep end. The deep end was nine foot deep. Um, there, was, there were two diving boards. We called them, uh, this was really brilliant, the low board and the high board. And if you were real brave, you tried to touch your feet all the way to the bottom, nine foot down. If your ears could take it, you could go down and touch all the way in the deep end. That was one way to swim. The other way was to go out into the countryside where there were gravel pits. And those were just out in the farmland. I don't know why they got dug and when they got dug, but if you wanted to, you could go swim in the gravel pits. And the difference with the gravel pits, they were a little bit more fun, but you never knew where the bottom was. And if you were brave, you'd, you'd put your hands like this and you'd try to thrust your way down to the bottom, but you weren't sure what you were going to touch if you got down there. Was there going to be a dead log? Was there going to be some kind of uh, marshy grass? Was there going to be something alive and slithery? You just didn't know. But in reality, following Jesus has both elements to it. Uh, sometimes we are safer than others. Sometimes we are more up in the air like those snowboarders than others. And, and you're not always sure how it's going to turn out. Did you hear how they got out there? Jesus didn't have a little conversation with them. He didn't say, uh, would you guys like to go out there in the, in the, in the deep? He said, cast your nets. What, what kind, what do you remember from your English in high school, uh, what kind of a sentence that is? Anybody awake? That's, that's an, Im, an imperative sentence, remember? There was an, a declarative sentence, that's just, you know, the sky is blue. There's an in, uh, interrogative sentence, which is a question. And then there was an imperative, and an imperative is an order. It's a command. You know, clean up your room. That's an imperative sentence. Uh, Jesus uh, gives them a command. Cast your nets out into the deep. Go back out there again. Go out in the deep water and cast them out there. A carpenter telling professional fishermen how to fish. 
after they had fished all night already and were cleaning their nets, it seemed preposterous to them, but to their credit, they did it. They did what he told them. They went out into the deep. Every church, every Christian individual faces the temptation to be cautious. We all face the temptations to avoid the deep water, uh, to break our leg, to avoid uh, hurting myself on that kind of a snowboarding thing. I wonder those uh, uh, medalists at the Olympics, how many scrapes and pains and falls they had over and over and over again over the years. Cast your nets, boys, out into the deep. There's a miraculous catch waiting for you out there, but your boats might sink while you're at it. I was fresh out of seminary, or maybe I was still in seminary. I can't remember. It was at one of those memorable board meetings in my first church when there arose a conversation uh, about a church project uh, that the church maybe could succeed at or maybe couldn't succeed at. It was unsure whether we, if we did this, we would succeed or not. The conversation went back and forth, back and forth, until one of the leaders of our church um, uh, clinched the conversation with these decisive words. Our church stepped out in faith once and we're never gonna do it again. I've heard that sentiment expressed in various ways over the decades, but never quite as blatantly as that. Let's stay in the shallows. Simon Peter, who, when he says these words to Jesus, might be up to his neck in fish. I'm assuming when he says these words to Jesus, the boat is sort of on the way towards sinking. I'm assuming that when Peter says these words to Jesus, the water is starting to lap in over the side. He looks at Jesus, he says, get out of here, Lord. I don't want to be around you. Can't take this. I'm a sinful man. Get as far away from me as you can. I really don't need to have anything to do with this. Yes, I know there's a miraculous catch, but look at our boat. It's about to go down. Just, just be gone. Stay away. Get out of here. I don't need this much excitement. Thank God Jesus doubles down on Peter. He looks back at Peter and says, basically, he says, you might not want me, but I'm choosing you anyway. You're going to stop fishing for fish, and you're going to start fishing for people. I've got bigger things for you. There is excitement, and there is terror ahead. I don't know who our next pastor 
is going to be, don't have a clue, have nothing to do with the search process. But I pray that that our next pastor, whoever she or he is, is somebody who is already praying, Lord, give me a church that wants to go out into the deep. Lord, give me a church uh, uh, where people want to be courageous. Give me, don't let me have a church, Lord. I hope our next pastor is praying. Don't let me have a church that wants to stay in the shallow end. We used to pray around this altar. We used to pray around it more than we do now. I'm not, I'm not quite sure why. Uh, Methodists used to come to the altar when we had evening church. You remember, some of you remember evening church? Came to the altar a lot at evening church and we knelt. I, I, you know, I want to just, I want you to pretend that this altar is the, is, this is the deep end right here. When you get in this part of the church, when you get up around this kneeling rail, you're at, you're at the deep end here. And what we used to do when we had communion, um, it seemed like uh, you would come up here and you would receive the elements and a lot of people would walk on up these steps and just take their own time to kneel around um, that altar rail. You just kneel as long as you wanted. And then you made your way back down again. You might not touch bottom up here. Because God's love is bottomless and God's call is bottomless. But I think it is around this altar in, in kneeling prayer that we find the courage to face what we might rather avoid. I think it is around this altar that we find the courage to say what we would rather leave unsaid. It is around this altar that we can admit what we have tried to deny, we have risked what we have tried to protect in our individual lives and in the life of the church. This is the deep end here. Now, I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on you. Some of you just, it's not easy to make it up and down these steps. I understand that. Secondly, you can be in the deep end in your pew as well as you can up in this physical spot here. But I simply want to invite you this morning as we get ready for communion that after you have received the bread and cup, just remember this is available as well as a way for us to say to the Lord, either individually or as a member of this church, Lord, I, I want to cast my nets in the deep water because the surpassing worth of knowing you and following you is worth every risk. Amen.